I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Welcome to Table for One Dumb Boy or Coffin for One Spooky Boy. How's that sound, Rafino? I like it. Uh, I'm here with my guest, Michael Rafino. We're going to just do plugs up top because people skip that shit at the end. If you want to plug something, you go ahead and do it real quick. Uh, well, I'm on a podcast with local Birmingham comedian Toby Alway called Balmy Boys. Listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Hopefully tune in eventually. Yeah, it's good. Him and Toby are really funny together. They have a good dynamic. I've done an episode. It was a lot of fun. I guess two episodes. We recorded it once, but y'all put... Mm. The way y'all do it, it's like you do one where you just guys just do like an interview kind of. Then you have one episode. It's like improv. Just weird. Yeah, weird. Yeah, it's really it's interesting. I don't know any podcast that really does that. Uh, so yeah, it'd be like that. It's a good dynamic. Check it out. We got so much shit to talk about here. This is the episode I was super excited to do. I've, I've been looking forward to this. Eleven uh, movies. Yes, we're going to do the Halloween franchise. And at first, I wasn't going to do the Rob Zombie ones, but fuck it. We have to talk about those. Right. <laughs> it's they, necessary. They still count. Yes. And, you know, honestly, we'll start with the... We'll start now. We'll start with the first Halloween. Not much to say here, man. Like, everybody's seen it. Yeah, not much to say that has not been said already. It's so. kind of, you know, it, uh, it, it... People like to credit it to being, like, the first slasher movie, which I don't... It's not true. It's probably, like, a Jalo movie would be the first slasher, right? Yeah, like, uh, that Black Christmas, you know, stuff, all that was, like, before it. But I do think it kind of set the bar. Um, and I do like how... Even though you know, John Carpenter is really, really innovative and really changing things up with the Halloween, it's still a very big, almost like an old Hollywood kind of thing, where he, he loves Psycho, and Halloween all is one gigantic tribute to Psycho. Even, yeah. the, even the opening scene is very reminiscent of the shower scene in Psycho. Yeah, and you know, you gotta love titties, there's that there, uh, which, there's some kind of, we'll get to this later, but... <laughs> Uh, I don't think Carpenter meant for there to be any kind of like incestuous kind of thing with Michael Myers and his sister, but I mean, it is kind of a weird opening scene. But yeah. it does, it is innovative. Uh, the score really, uh, John Carpenter's score really makes it for me. I think it's one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, I noticed, uh, I saw a behind the scenes thing, and they said he pretty much just did the score out of necessity, that he didn't know anybody else who did music. So I, I'm I, glad I, he did, man. Yeah. He, it, Imagine that movie without the score. Yeah. It wouldn't be good. I don't think it would be good. And I have a theory that I kind of want to test right now. 
if you don't mind. Yeah. It's, it's almost it's almost a game. This is going to be a long one. Do do what you got to do. You you can hum the Halloween score. You know all the music stings, you know everything. Can you hum literally any other John Carpenter music? No. That's kind of the thing. Halloween This is- one sticks with you. Like the whole score, not even just the fucking opening. Mm-hmm. Um the whole thing. Like yeah. every the, the entire soundtrack like uh and it's so simple. It's such a simple uh, like score, like I think you it doesn't have to have much like musical knowledge to do it. Do like Escape from New York and and all the other John Carpenter scores in his movies are are like ambient background noise. Yeah, it's very synthy. I I, I can like, you know I can't hum it, but you know I can picture you know they live in the thing and stuff like that. Just kind of how it sounds a little bit like games like Mass Effect kind of use that and, and, and when is the score in the game and stuff like that. Like, uh, so like I'll hear it like movies kind of, you know, mimic his style. Like it follows. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. They definitely, a lot of John Carpenter influence, uh, on that, that score. Like the Halloween theme sticks in your head. And I did, my dad noticed this too. When I had one of the movies on the Halloween theme is in an odd time signature. Because usually most songs are in a four-four time signature. See, now you're not even you're talking. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll, there's I'll pe- there's people what? that listen and probably know what you're talking about. So definitely explain. Um, and so it is one extra beat because you know most songs are two, three, okay, four, one, two, three, four. The Halloween theme goes one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. I one, see, two. I see. And so that extra note kind of puts you on edge a little bit. Yeah. Almost. As if by design, perhaps. It's funny because, I mean, for me, Halloween, uh, I, I've learned to appreciate it as a, a from a filmmaking standpoint as I've gotten older and more interested in, in stuff like that. But uh, a big part of the Halloween franchise for me, why it's like one of my favorite horror franchises, if not my favorite, uh, is all the movies are mostly shitty, but I like them. Uh, and I think it's just to do with nostalgia. Uh, a lot of them, you know, I had a lot of these on VHS as a kid and the ones I didn't, I would rent. Um, so I don't know, like, because they're, besides this one, the second one, uh, and this recent new one, they're pretty shitty, most of them, like real bad. But I don't know. I watch them every year, <laughs> so I don't know what it is. It, it's funny how innovative uh, something as simple as Halloween is, though. Like, uh, I don't know. It's crazy because it's like it, you could just look at it and not uh, from not a filmmaking standpoint, be like, this is just kind of a shitty low budget movie. But uh, I think Carpenter uh, is just really innovative. Mm-hmm. It's just nothing like it, you know. Because uh, in all the horror movies before Halloween. <clears throat> It was always you would go to the danger. So like mm-hmm. you had to stop at the Bates Motel. Yeah. Or you had to go out to Castle Dracula or Castle Frankenstein. Yeah. But here the danger is coming to your house. Interesting. And you don't feel safe in your own house. Right. And it's funny too, cause uh, you know, it starts to trail off a bit more in the other ones. Uh but Michael Myers is this kind of looming, mysterious person you don't know much about at all other than he killed his sister as a child and wants to kill Laurie Strode for reasons that eh, just go into ridiculous fucking territory later on. Because like uh, in the first movie, you you have enough reason to understand, okay, why he wants to kill her. She went to the house. Yeah, exactly. She stepped on his front porch. Exactly. She has to die. Exactly. That makes enough like... It's simple. It's very simple. Um, 
which kind of goes off on this too. I don't know what people are wanting in Halloween sequels, honestly. How serious do you take this story? To it's such a simple like. It's done really well, but not a lot of thought had to go into it. Yeah. it, it the, the the reason John Carpenter's so uh, uh, such a uh, like revered like filmmaker is because of how he takes a simple story and and tells it. So I don't know what people really want from a sequel. Um, we'll talk about the new one later, but I think they they did about as good as they could with that one. Mm-hmm. I think it was amazing. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that one in, in a little bit of detail. So Halloween, yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you pr- I don't think this, you're going to enjoy this episode probably because we're going to talk about yeah. all the other ones. It's one of those things where there's not much to talk about because it's so good. Yeah. It's like ev- it's all been covered by everybody else. Exactly. And uh, one thing I will mention about this one before we go into two is, um, do you have anything you want to add to it either? I do want to talk about the last scene and how Yeah, this, let's this, do it. The last scene Halloween is the perfect ending. Yes. Uh, because you think Michael Myers is dead, and mm-hmm. then you, you look up from the balcony and see that he's gone. Right. And then it just shows the house that you were in, the streets, and all the breathing. shadows, all the darkness, and you just know, okay, he's still out there. And he's, you can hear him breathing. That's a big part of it. Like, that shit's so fucking cool. And they kind of dropped that, too, I noticed, the breathing. They really have. That's funny you mentioned that. I noticed that as I was watching Resurrection earlier. Is like, oh, wait, they don't. That's kind of just in the first one, really. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was cool. Like, yeah. that, that that added a lot more to it than you would think. Just something that simple adds this mystery to it. It's I don't like, know. It's kind of like an Empire Strikes Back where, you know, Luke is stumbling around in the Bespin Cloud City yeah. in the bay. And you just hear Darth Vader's breathing. Yeah. And you don't know where he is. It's like, it's a very, uh, I feel it's necessary. Like, it's one of those little small ingredients that make the movie what it is. But, uh... One last thing about the uh, the original is the opening credit sequence is really like one of my favorites of any movie. Um, yeah, I like you. If you notice, they get the Blu-ray version. They botched the pumpkin. They botched the jackal. Yeah, because I, I own the all of them on Blu-ray. I got the box set from Shout Factory, which if you are a fan of Halloween, you should have. It's really good. It has all of them, including the Rob Zombie ones. Um, but yeah, the opening credit sequence in the first one is great. But I'm going to be honest, man. Uh, we'll go on to the second one. I think the second one has the best of the whole series. The oh, best. The yeah. Opening credits? Because it starts out as the pumpkin. And it's basically the same as the original uh, as far as the opening credit sequence. Except the pumpkin slowly turns into a skull. And I just think it, it looks really cool. Like the poster. I, I want the poster of it. Oh, yeah. With the, uh, the skull pumpkin. Yeah. It's cool. I think it lo- it's really just uh, aesthetically pleasing to look at. I oh. kind of, I kind of, we'll talk about this later, of course, but I, I, so far I like the newest one the most. Yeah, that was really cool. <clears throat> I heard a comparison, uh, I'll, I'll talk about it, I keep saying we're going to get to it. I, I do want to talk about it, that one's so bad, but uh, we got to talk about, we got to shovel this shit out of the way first, <laughs> I guess. But uh, what do you think about Halloween 2? It's fine. It's yeah. It's good enough. I would give it... <clears throat> Take maybe a couple stars off from the original, but still uh, not completely unnecessary. It like adds to the story a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there's some silly shit in it, mm-hmm. which uh, we'll definitely talk about. It's set the same night. It takes off exactly where the first one left mm-hmm. off, which is interesting. It's funny to see, too, because Donald Pleasance, I mean, it's only a few years later, but he looks... He's put on some weight and, <laughs> you know, older, yeah. uh, a little older. Like, his hair's definitely, like, I don't know what he went through those past few years, but it definitely stressed. He was under a lot of stress, clearly. 
but uh, still, like, you know, doesn't take you out of it, really. Um, the, so, the plot of it, oh, from what I understand behind the scenes, John Carpenter did not want to do this story for Halloween 2. He always wanted to do something different and not keep... He wanted to be an anthology. And the studio made him write this, and so he just got a six-pack one yeah. evening and went just, I gotta get through this. And it kind of feels that way from a story perspective. It does. Uh, it's, it's really spinning. It's very wheels. rushed. Especially this part, which is very um, interesting. Uh, there, there is a, a, a kid walking around dressed as Michael Myers, uh, and Donald Pleasant's Dr. Loomis sees him. You know when they him and the cop are walking the street and like it's oh, a kid the cop just runs him over. The cop not only run okay. First of all, they notice him. First of all, I'm wondering why is there a kid dressed up exactly like Michael Myers on the same night they just found out who this guy is and that's the day he like stole the fucking mechanics outfit and everything the same day. Nobody could be doing this like it's just a weird coincidence and super uh, ultra weird coincidence. Do you know that kid's name? No. Apparently, it was Ben Tramer. Really? Yeah, Ben Tramer, the the kid who um, Laurie's friend said Laurie had a crush on him. That's the kid's name. That's like that, that person the in real life. Well, Ben Tramer, the, the, the character that Laurie's friend said uh, told him that Laurie had a crush right, on him. Right, right. But the ki- um, I, I thought you were saying the actor in real oh, life. Oh, no. The, the character's name was Ben Tramer. Oh, I'll, yeah. That, that was probably just him. Yeah. Just being yeah. like, this would be funny. To, you like, know. If, Laurie, if Laurie's boyfriend got... Or the guy that Laurie was liking yeah. was killed. I thought horribly. you were... Yeah. I was yeah. like, whoa, that's a really weird coincidence that that fucking actor's name's Ben Tramer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Anyway, they spot him and he runs kind of just like darts off for some reason. Uh, and unrelated, a cop is just speeding through the neighborhood, hits him into a van that explodes. Um, and then the cop says he didn't see him. He didn't see him. So this wasn't like to intentionally kill somebody he thought was Michael Myers. This cop's just a fucking moron yeah. that is like speeding, going like 90 through a neighborhood and apparently hits a nitroglycerin truck. And then <laughs> like, it's like, what the fuck made you guys think this would work? And it, Sadly, that's not even the most ridiculous thing that happens in this franchise. Um, I think the sequel is fucking good uh, as far as like rewatch value. I think aesthetically it looks good. Like I think Michael looks cool in it. I think his mask is cool. I don't know what it is about as the sh- uh, the uh, franchise keeps going. Why his mask keep looking shittier? Mm-hmm. You you're putting a lot of money into this. I don't think it would cost that much money to get a, a Michael Myers mask replicated. But they really just could not nail it for some reason. But in this one, I think it looks cool. Uh, uh, when did Friday the 13th come out? I think 1981. I could be wrong, though. So Early 80s. Right around the same time this came out? Yeah. I feel like this is when the Jasonification of Michael Myers begins. Yeah, yeah. Because in Halloween, you don't see any blood, I don't think. I don't no, you don't. Blood. You don't. I'm pretty sure. And he's just like Norman Bates killing people. But mm-hmm. now it's got to be dunking somebody in a hot tub. And, and I will say that is kind of like what makes this one more enjoyable for me. The kills are fun in it. Mm. Uh, I do like that uh, in the first one, there's, there's, it's, very, it's more mysterious. But, I mean, if it's going to be a shitty script, uh, might as well, <laughs> you know, some, make it fun. Have some 80s gore in there. Yeah, because, I mean, Dutton, you know, there's like a point where like, he stabs somebody with a fucking syringe and then and puts, stuff. yeah, puts to give him an embolism. Yeah, that thing. shit's fun. Like, uh, I that's what I enjoy the most about it uh, is the kills. Um, you know, uh, towards the end, 
I, one of my, the funniest parts to me is uh, Lori is banging on the hospital trying to get in. Dr. Loomis lets her in. They close and lock this glass door, and Michael just walks just through walks it. Through. Uh, and he's which, not running. He no, he, right it's funny. He walks through it like just... No, like not like out you're just shoving somebody out of the way um i thought that was funny but it does kind of add to this like this dude's like a fucking pat, lumbering like powerhouse that can't be stopped um that's also kind of what happened in this one he kind of becomes this invincible like person mm-hmm. uh also uh we have to talk about in halloween too the lamest way to give away a twist of all time oh there was a secret file that secretly says Ugh. this big plot twist that I'm going to give you in the car ride over to the next scene. Yeah, yeah, that's how that would happen for sure. Yeah. He phoned that script in for sure, man. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that is that is the lamest twist that you could come with, was her brother. Yeah, exactly. And that's when it starts to be like, all right, uh, I don't know how many of these with Lori we need now, which is another reason that was cool. They disregarded all that shit in the new one. It's just mm-hmm. a direct sequel. They even disregarded this one. But all in all, Halloween 2 is rewatchable. It's fun. It's fine. It, it's definitely one of the better ones of the franchise. Um, if I had to rank them off the top of my head right now, you know, the first one... Um, Probably this newest one. Then you one would be the second best one, and then this one probably. I might call it a toss up between this one and and Halloween Water. Yeah, yeah. that one. That one's interesting. We are gonna get to that. Obviously, I watched that one yesterday. Uh, you got anything to add about Halloween Two? Halloween Two. Um, oh, if they take were, your time. By the way, yeah. we know. Because we got eleven of these. To we get have eleven. Like no, for yeah. real. Like we actually have. This has been going smoother than I thought. I, I was like, man, this is going to be like five hours long. But, yeah. Um, if you had to... So, John Carpenter pretty much came up with the way that you end the Halloween movies. Sort of like how Arthur Conan Doyle was going to end Sherlock Holmes. You have your big villain and your big hero kill each other. Yeah. At the same time. And one thing. It's like your Reichenbach Falls was Dr. Loomis killing both himself and Michael Myers. And leaving... You know, Laurie gets out safe. All right. Like that's how you do it. Yeah, uh, I mean this one as far as endings go, it seemed like that sealed it pretty much. Like what what are they really going to do? But oh boy, uh I'm skipping Halloween 3. Let's let's can we Do you want to talk about it for a second? I didn't watch it again. It's been a while since I watched it, but I'm interested in what you think about it. Um I like it last time I saw it, you know, a couple of years ago. I watched yes. it when I bought the box set. Yes. Um, so, this John one's Carpenter going want, into, yeah, like yeah. what you were saying earlier, the, the anthology kind John of Carpenter thing. wanted to make this an, ontholo- an anthology, and I, okay, fine. But it, it's, I feel like the reason that Cloverfield got away with this more so than Halloween is that they did not call it Cloverfield 2. It was Cloverfield something else. Yeah. And it was kind of similar in tone to the original. Because yeah. Halloween is more is like Psycho. You know, it's, or it's a grounded, realistic slasher yes. series of movies. And Halloween 3 feels like a uh, R-rated 80s version of uh, lower-tier David Tennant-era Doctor Who episode. 
Yeah, I see. I'm not as familiar with that, but I see where you're going with this for sure. Because like, it, it, there's this. I mean, if it was if it was aliens instead of witches, it would straight up be a Doctor Who episode. Like, yeah, I, I feel like there was one that was similar where the you put out the signal in the TVs that turn all the children into insects. It's really you know it's funny because I you know when I was younger I would rent this one from the video store too out of morbid curiosity because I was like this doesn't have Michael Myers on it I could tell from the box you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want, I gotta see what this is about, and I remember like disregarding it. I was like, this doesn't have Michael Myers in it. I don't care. But as an adult watching it, I enjoy this movie. Uh, it's a fun, like, it's definitely something I like to watch around this time of year. Uh, I didn't this time because I was, you know, just pushing through these as it was, and I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know, we won't spend much time on that anyway. Yeah, the the just the weird robot men and Dick Jones from OCP. Yeah. <laughs> Being the the villain, I liked in Halloween too that they. I, I'm glad I didn't watch Halloween too because I would not know how to, to pronounce Samhain. Yeah, Sam. It's the festival of Sam Hain. I mean, don't you mean Samhain? Shut up. <laughs> I'm a psychiatrist. It's a it's a silly movie, but it's overall enjoyable. It's gained kind of a cult following over the years too. I know a lot of people. I'm. Friends with on social media, you know, seem to be fans of it. I mean, of course, a lot of people pretend. I don't know what it is about pop culture that you can't just actually be knowledgeable about the thing. You have to pretend you like it. Mm-hmm. I know I, I, there's no doubt in my fucking mind people pretend to like this movie. Yeah, I will flat out admit that a lot of John Carpenter movies have real long, boring patches. I, the and thing. This one is no different. Yeah. The thing. Uh, I'm a fan of that movie. It slogs at times. Yeah. There's you gotta be in the mood for that one. Uh, they live that fight scene. It's like cut that shit out of the movie. It's like come on. Uh, uh, but also, they live is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. too. Uh, I fast forward to that part every time now. Um, but yeah, I didn't watch it this time. You know, uh, I don't really have much to add about it. And if you have something to say about it, for sure. Yeah, uh, I did watch it. Um, out of morbid curiosity because I've not seen it before. I knew it. Oh, this is your first time? It was the one that didn't have Michael Myers in it. Yeah. And man, did it not have Michael Myers. It really doesn't. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Really, And it was, again, it was such a big tonal shift. And the tone that they went for... And like the the ending, too, where it was left ambiguous as to if he saved the day or not. Yeah. Um... Felt like, you know, they, they, I saw a behind the scenes thing and they were trying to go for kind of a body snatchers vibe with it. Okay. Because John Carpenter and the lead actor in the film loved Did John Carpenter direct this one? He produced it. I was about to say, yeah, I didn't remember a few. Okay, so he had a, he had a, a hand in it. He produced it and did the music. And again, no Halloween theme in Halloween 3. Yeah. I get if they, it's definitely just completely, uh, you know, no Michael Myers whatsoever. Nothing if, to do with that. If they had that theme in it, I felt like that would have helped it, too. It would have been interesting, but I don't know. Like, I think it bodes well without it, honestly. Just it kind of is its own thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a mystery. You know, a lot of people are confused by it, but I kind of like that about it, that it's just there, you know? Um, yeah, I heard they wanted to call it Season of the Witch, but the studio was like, no, you made us do this concept this yeah we have to put halloween on it we now have to put halloween on it still uh it's two million dollar budget and it definitely it made it back you know they they more than 
tripled it even. Like, oh, shit. They made a lot more back on this. Uh, I know for a fact people were not happy with it. Um, kind of tricked. They were tricked, yeah. Uh, if they would have just let John Carpenter do what he wanted to originally, I think that would have been more interesting. But uh, who knows? We probably wouldn't have had this new one that came out and a lot more interesting sequels. But uh, Season of Witch, I'm a fan of. It's fun to watch around this time of year. I recommend it. Yeah, they could have not. They could have done the anthology thing if they dropped the whole numbering system. Yeah, they did yeah. Like what Marvel does exactly. Um, so yeah, we can move on to Halloween for the Return of Michael Myers, which is uh, I, I didn't come up with this. It is a kind of a funny uh, observation that uh, James Rolfe the oh angry, the Pink Panther trilogy the yeah. Pink Panther trilogy <laughs> it does do that. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting observation, uh, which, if you haven't, also, he does a really good breakdown of these, too. His video on it's really funny. Uh, ours will be better, though, obviously. Oh, yeah, no, totally. you know, way more followers than that guy. Uh, but, yeah, this one of the Thorn Trilogy, this is when the Thorn Trilogy, this bullshit kind of starts. And of those three, four, five, and six, uh, I like this one the most. I think the story's interesting, you know, uh, for what they could do with it. Uh, I love the opening credits in this one. They don't do the thing with the black background and the pumpkin in it, but it does kind of set the tone that it's Halloween. It feels like Halloween in Alabama, I guess mm-hmm. maybe is why. It feels a lot. It's on a farm, and there's like all these Halloween decorations and stuff. It's it's one of my favorites of the series. Um, yeah, have you ever, ever been to Old Baker's Farm? I think it's in Shelby County. No, maybe. I did, there's one... Is that North Alabama? I don't. I don't Shelby, I don't think, think so. Is okay, I haven't been to that one then. It's um, it is very reminiscent, like the opening credits it, when it's Halloween time. It is very reminiscent of, of that. Of that place. See, I like that. You know, like pumpkin patches and shit like that. I mean, I don't make it out to those as much anymore. But uh, the opening of this one and the setting and everything, which is in Illinois, still right. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because it's the only time where Illinois actually looks like Illinois. Because yeah. the first two films were filmed in, you know, California. Uh, yeah, it's like in Southern California. and some. It was uh, filmed in Southern California in the summer. And yeah. they had to make it look like autumn with three garbage bags full of uh, fake leaves. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing they pulled that off. Like made Southern California like Illinois during fall. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, when I lived in L.A., I lived out there for a year and... This is the same temperature the whole year, and it doesn't rain or anything. So, uh, but yeah, and this one, Michael escapes after being transported from a mental hospital, uh, like while they're in the ambulance. Oh, uh, he was being—he was burned and covered in bandages. Yeah, he's like he's like at the uh, hospital. They're transporting, I guess, to Smith's Grove. No, they're at Smith's Grove, right? So they're putting him back down to minimum security. Something like that. Is that what it happens? I can't find. I'm very foggy on it. Honestly, they're they're all these three blend together as uh, far yeah. as like what's going on. I just don't know why the state would keep him alive. I don't either. But yeah, in this one, at the first, he is wrapped up in bandages, and they're transporting him somewhere. Cause the dude, there's uh, this dude at the beginning. He's like a character actor. It's like weird. He's just these weird devil eyes, kind of. I don't know his name. But uh, he he's just this goofy ass fucking orderly. They go through there, and uh, they're transporting him in the ambulance though. So he escapes. He he's in the ambulance, kills them. Blah blah blah. It's happened a million times. I don't know why they keep putting this fucking guy in the ambulance. Yeah. I don't understand. Tie him up to the Hannibal Lecter thing. God. Right. 
Uh, and this one, he's looking for his niece, who is uh, played by, I don't know the girl's name. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. She's been in a lot of horror movies, apparently. Yeah, she's like a... Uh, scream queen. Scream queen. <clears throat> and uh, also, I Googled her now, and it's it's very unsettling. Some of the pictures I found, just because I know her as being a child. So, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's pornographic. It's just, you know, very... She'd be holding like a butcher knife in a bikini kind of mm. pictures. Like, very really selling... You know, I mean, do whatever you want to, girl. I don't give a shit. Uh, it's just odd for me. You know. Yeah, would this corrupt movie... watching her? <laughs> yeah. They had they had the new character Jamie, but would this movie be better with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, I'm gonna be honest, man. I kind of like the addition of uh, Jamie Lloyd, the niece. I think it's interesting what they did with it. I think it could have been a good movie, honestly, with what they had. It's just like. What you said before we started recording, you were saying it's kind of like a producer instead of a filmmaker, like director made these movies. It's like somebody that's like, doesn't really have an eye for filmmaking made it. Um, very, It looks very cheap, even though the budget for it was $5 million. <laughs> uh, Definitely doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. It looks like a made-for-TV movie. Um, I think, though, with the right uh, director behind it, it could have been, you know, it could have been good. But this is kind of when the Thorn trilogy started. Uh, Jamie Lloyd is the daughter of Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Who was killed in a car accident after she read the script. Yeah, really? No, that's what I thought. That's <laughs> I was like, okay. That, that was my, that was my implication, or my I, I, I'm, I don't know if you noticed, I'm very gullible. <laughs> um, you immediately buy it. Yeah, immediately. It doesn't even matter if like I know it as a fact is not true. Um, like I'm still gonna believe it. But yeah, to me it feels like Jamie Lee Curtis read the script. It was like no, hard yeah, pass. Abso- absolutely fucking not. Yeah, it's weird considering the one she did take. This one's better than the later one she's actually in. Um, better than Resurrection. I and you got to think better than as far as story. It is not. better than Resurrection. I'll absolutely say that. Yeah, I don't know if it's better than H twenty. That's to, fair. I mean, the, you know, because I don't know, but to me, Laurie versus Michael always felt more compelling than Loomis versus Michael. Because yeah, yeah, Loomis never—he's always a welcome uh, mm-hmm. addition to them. He definitely makes this one really good for me. He was better at monologuing, but when it came to confrontation, like you know that this old old Donald Pleasance is not going to stand a chance against. No, this. unless he's got a gun, and then we all know what happens when yeah, when he does. I, that. I shot him seven times. Yeah, it's seven like seven yeah, times. We know uh, he's he, he has the devil's eyes, all that stuff. We get it. I also love that he's he's supposedly a respected member of the psychologist community, and yet he's like, oh no, my patient is evil. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not going to try to help him anymore. He's evil. I'm over it. <laughs> he uh, he's over it as far as helping him. Uh, this one too is kind of when Michael's mask starts looking really dumb. Yeah, it, it looks awful in this. Like I read on the old Star Trek that <clears throat> when the budget got cut, they would have to go to the store and buy the toy version of the Enterprise and use that for shots. And it felt like that with Michael's. This mask. This is that version of the mask. Like they, just which is funny because it's a William Shatner mask. That they just went to a toy store or a Halloween store yeah. and bought a Michael Myers mask. And except it doesn't say Michael Myers <laughs> mask. It's a, it's like a uh, they didn't want to get sued, so it's like. Uh, Instead of like, if you see a Beetlejuice costume, it's like, yeah, the shape. If they could even use that, like, it'd just be like a spooky man with murderer mask, and it's yeah. like a, clearly a Michael Myers mask. It's the off brand version of it. But, um, 
this is an interesting note I took because I I notice this every time I watch it. There's a Spuds McKenzie lamp at the bar in this movie <laughs> that I really want. I looked it up on eBay and there's one on there, but it's like just a Spuds McKenzie lamp that would do really well in here. I feel like <laughs> I'm gonna have to get a good paycheck one day and throw money down on that. Go in, go antiquing. Yeah, exactly. If I found that at a, a, a flea mall, I would pay upwards of a hundred dollars for it. That's about it, though. I can't couldn't live with myself if I spent more on a Spuds McKenzie lamp. But it's cool as shit. It's yeah. awesome. This one is the beginning of the Thorn trilogy too, but it doesn't really go much into it. It kind of throws, uh, um, I guess, hints at it. It was like he's got the tattoo in this one. I think maybe. Uh, I don't know that. I don't really know why it is the considered part of it. Does it really? Does it really hint at it at all? I don't really remember. I feel like the whole Thorn cult was thrown in at the last minute because it's like, well, this has to be going somewhere. Yeah, and it's like in the next one, I feel like they kind of just threw that in at the end. But uh, basically, Halloween Four is the good one. It's the good one of the three. It's worth checking out, you know. But uh, basically, what happens at this one? There's a lynch mob after Michael. He um, shot the death bomb. Falls down a well. Which very important to remember of how the next one starts. Uh, Jamie becomes a fucking she, torch is passed to Jamie. Basically, she's a murderer uh, now. When did the Tommy Jarvis movies come out? I'm curious about that. I don't know because uh, did this come before Tommy Jarvis or after? Because I noticed that both of those characters, Tommy Jarvis and Jamie Lloyd, were set up to take on the mantle of. Jason and Michael Myers. I think neither of them did. Yeah, I think Tommy was after. Pretty mm-hmm. sure. I think that's in the curse of Michael Myers. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, Corey Feldman, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was. Uh, that was uh, also. That's funny you mentioned that because. Uh, let me Google that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, re- I was watching something about that the other day. It may have been fucking James Rolfe mentioning mm-hmm. that, actually. Because if they did with Jamie what they ultimately did with Tommy, with Tommy Jarvis, Jarvis, that would have been interesting. Yeah, this was, a, this, was, this was after, maybe, if not around the same exact time. Because mm-hmm. I remember... Because uh, they got Corey Feldman to come back for like the beginning of one of those, too. And he was in it for like the first ten minutes. So the final chapter was 84... Mm. Yeah, I was way off thinking that was around the time of Curse of Michael Myers. Curse of Michael Myers was 95. So. Halloween 4 was 88. So yeah, Tommy Jarvis was first. So this is when... This is a blatant kind of like bought in from that then a little bit. Yeah, both of them are really ripping each other off. Yeah, for sure. Friday the 13th, the first one, Jason was just a gag at the end of the movie. Like, surprise. Yeah. I think honestly, though... And then Jason grew up to become basically Michael Myers. It, it's interesting, though. It seems like Friday the 13th, those are a little more self-aware, like, mm-hmm. just silly for the fuck of it. These are trying to be, like, th- th- there's no self- self-awareness here with this Thorn trilogy shit. It's just laziness and also trying to pass laziness off as, like, oh, people are so stupid, they'll fall for this. And nobody bit. Yeah, this this was adding to the Jasonifying of Michael because Jason was always taking orders from somebody. Absolutely. It was his mother or, you know... Freddy Krueger in one movie. It's kind of sucks they started to make that about a cult thing to where he, um... Like, that's why he can't die, and that's why 
and he's compelled to kill his family. Right. I was like seven years off on that. Curse of Michael Myers was 1995. Yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, Halloween 4, though, basically Jamie, blah, blah, blah. She, she, she gets institutionalized because she, uh, basically the torch gets passed to her. She's supposed to be the new uh, evil, evil child kind of thing. So Halloween 5... Not even a, it was it even a fucking exact year later? They even give it a whole year. No, it was less than a year. It was like, okay, about eight days shy of a year this one came out. <laughs> like, uh, they really rushed this one because this one, in my opinion, is the worst of the series. The entire oh series. This is the worst one. As far as like, okay, Halloween Resurrection's bad, but it's got so much stupid shit like Buster Rhymes in it and stuff that it's entertaining. This one is a fucking. Just slog. That's fair. That's fair. This is uh, th- 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 this one at the beginning. It's so lazy that it sh- actually uses about five minutes of scenes at the beginning to set this. Like it's like we saw this already. It shows Michael dying again and falling in the fucking well by the lynch mob. Um, here's how lazy they were though. He falls in the well right, right when it shows the continuation of this. He crawls out of the well into a creek and just floats down a creek into this hillbilly guy's like uh, swamp house. It's kind of like the you remember Young Frankenstein where uh, the monster was hanging out with the blind man. Yeah, and he poured soup in his lap. What? Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> it's like this at the beginning of a serious Halloween movie that's trying to take itself seriously. He floats to a pier connected to a house where a backwoods man with a parrot lives. Um, doesn't kill the guy. I don't think like uh, he like puts a knot. Michael like puts a knot to the guy's throat. Then Michael collapses. Mm -hmm. And then, and yet the guy continues to take care of Michael. And he takes care of him. And, uh, Oh, that must've been some outburst. That's not. Yeah. He like, he's like, Oh, that's fine. This mask man that is notorious for being a serial killer at this point. Like he's, he's a well-known in Illinois at least. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this guy in his defense, though, is basically homeless. Uh, yeah, I guess he has no way of knowing uh, how to get the news. You might be able to. I might be able to use this killer for my own personal. Right. <laughs> he, he might be a good. He, he needs to take orders from somebody. Why not be? Right. Exactly. Which would have been. I think that would have been a more interesting uh, <laughs> approach yeah. to it. A homeless guy was. A homeless guy. Was a pa- or the parrot fucking gives him the orders. Michael Myers is controlled by a parrot. I mean, if you're going to piss the fucking fans off, do it silly as fucking possible. I would have got a good laugh out of it. Kill the Strodes. Kill the Strodes. Yeah, exactly. Ah, kill the Strodes. <laughs> that would have been fucking great. Dr. But, uh, Loomis is here. Dr. Loomis is here. <laughs> this this parrot has got the devil's eyes. It's fucking Black stupid. Eyes. <laughs> the devil's eyes. I also noticed Dr. Loomis, is, I don't know if this was in four or five, but his deformity looked like a fried egg on the side of his face. Yeah, it's in six, in the sixth one, it really um, does. One. And then I think in the producer's cut of the sixth one, which we'll get to, they had to change it as like, oh, I got skin grafts. Yeah. Uh, it's better. It's like, God damn, really phoning this in. Like, just don't tie it. There's so much information being thrown at you in this one and the next one that is just unbelievable. Also, at the end of four, I forgot we glossed over this. Loomis was totally ready to kill this kid. Oh yeah, he wanted to kill. He's like he's uh, he wants to kill her in that one, but this one uh, kind of cares for her again. Uh, like Loomis starts to kind of slip in Halloween too. Yeah, like, starts to go, go a little crazy. Mm-hmm. 
But like he hits, I think he hits the apex in Halloween Four when he's about to kill this child. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's uh, that's kind of what made it for me too. It's like, man, this guy's really just fucking gone overboard. At least there's that element to the story is that Loomis is kind of fucking losing it now. Uh, depending on how you look at it, I mean, some people probably think that's perfectly fine. What he that he would kill a child. Um, it cuts to the after after uh, the guy starts taking care of Michael Myers though. Uh, it cuts to the children's clinic in Haddonfield where Jamie is now staying, being studied. Uh, she's mute for some reason. I don't know why. It doesn't explain that. No, no need though. It's like thorn magic. I think they retcon that to be thorn. Yeah, there's like thorn magic, which is like making hasn't birth. been explained at all. And she was going to be the next one if yeah. Michael didn't do the sacrifice. And Michael's kind of controlling her. Uh, you know, she wakes up trying to scream, which, God damn it, I don't know what it is about. I hated this kid in this one. And the first, and the fourth one, I felt really bad for her. I was like, she's picked on a lot. I'm like, you know, she, she's just uh, kind of ignored by her babysitter, too, in the fourth one. She's like, you know, like, babysitter's got this date rapist trying to fuck her the whole movie. Uh, and, uh, with him trying to do that, she's like, she just wants to get a Halloween costume and be a kid, basically, and, like, she can't even do that. Like, she has no friends. It's really sad, actually. Like, uh, but in this one, I'm just like, all right, like, come on. Like, this is just overboard with that. Uh, even though it's a kid acting, it's like, tone it the fuck down. She wakes up, like, trying to scream, and it's like, this, I don't know how to even do it. It's, anyway, she he can, like, Michael can supernaturally, like, control her or something. Yeah. And I don't fucking know. Like, it's it's stupid. Uh, uh, Michael can, like, you know... She can feel him through her dreams and shit like that. Uh, he possesses her, I guess. Makes her write, uh, he's coming on a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I thought it would be funny if they spelt it C-U-M-M. <laughs> like, the other way. It's like, no, I'm a child. It's like, no, that's how I meant to spell it. It's not that you're a child and can't spell it. It's like, no, you spelt it right. That he's explain, that he's explains, coming. Yeah, that explains why he's killing so many people. Oh, uh, yeah. It a lot. See, it's like coming just all the fucking time. Just had and filled just covered in this man's jizz. That's why it's the heavy breathing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It'd be funny too, as like uh, in this one they bring the bre- then you when they brought the breathing back and it's just like an old man. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mike. Okay, I think this one's the one that actually introduces the thorn tattoo on his wrist. So really, the fourth one I guess doesn't cover it that much. I guess it's just included because Jamie is included, and then it mm-hmm. kind of segues into it. Um, and it. it yeah, the fifth one is very boring. It's bad. It's it's one of those where I was like, I took a lot of notes on it, but I'm also like, man, it's mostly notes of like, this is definitely stuck in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in this movie is annoying, even Jamie. Uh, the, the fucking, uh, what's her name? Jamie's like babysitter or whatever the fuck that girl is. Her friends are annoying. One of them looks like young Randy Quaid. Like, the girl looks like Randy Quaid. Like, it's, it's not whatever boyfriends. It's this uh, girl. I forgot her fucking name. It's the one that's like gets chased in the car by Michael later. Look at her very close. She has a very, I don't know. It's not identical to Randy Quaid, but she has Randy Quaid features. Some Quaidian. She has some Quaidian uh, and not on the good side, not the dentist side, the Randy, Randy side, side, the uh, Randy on uh, Saturday Night Live era, like with the no, no dental work done or anything. Which, by the way, did you, did you ever see Randy Quaid? What do you like on SNL? I didn't. Uh, I remember back when Netflix, or 
maybe it was CISO one had all the episodes. I went through and watched a lot of them. I at least went through and watched one episode from every season. So I got to see some interesting, like, intro, like you know, the uh, opening with the cast being introduced. And Randy Quaid, <clears throat> this is like the year before Robert Downey Jr. and like the, uh, the Brat Pack was on there, basically. Uh, Randy Quaid smiles for the camera. It's just shitty teeth, like Stevie Ray Vaughan teeth. Mm. Just god-awful. Was Robert Downey Jr. even in any sketches? Yeah, he was like one of the uh, more utilized than uh, a lot of people. But, you know, you had like John Lovitz was on at the same time. Uh, who else? By all accounts, you do. Uh, John Lovitz is a prick. By all accounts. I oh think. yeah, yeah. He has his own comedy club where he records his podcast. Love it or leave it. Had his own comedy. Club. Had his own comedy. Club. Not around anymore. Actually, me and my friend Rivers uh, stopped in for an open mic there once. I think it was there. If it wasn't there, I know Rivers for sure went once, and I may have was like, Nah, I'm good on that. Lovitz feels like the type of person that would preside over the open mic. You know? Yeah. You're terrible. Yeah. It's Next. Like, it's like you're John Lovitz, and I don't know how the fuck you ever got on Saturday Night Live. It stinks. That's yeah. my catchphrase from television. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> uh, interesting. One of the more interesting SNL cast members was Victoria Jackson. Oh yeah. Have you seen what she's up to lately? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, I, all you know those, what? Google it. <laughs> yeah. All those '80s SNL people were. I guess it was the Reagan. Reaganism was in the water back then. I guess so, but it's like Dennis way. Miller. Even like he was. Left leaning mostly, mm-hmm. he definitely wasn't a fan of Reagan. I feel like Dennis Miller pivoted because it was post nine advan- eleven. It was advantageous for his career. It is the 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 barrier to entry for right wing comedy is so low. Yeah, sort of like Christian. A lot comedy. of boomers are his fans too. Sort of like Christian comedy or LGBT film. It's just the if if you agree with it already. You have a bigger audience, and there's yeah. less content for you, or there's less content out there, so people will, are willing to accept lower quality stuff. Okay, that makes sense to me. Uh, Tangents. Well, yeah, well, I mean, Dennis Miller, though, it's like I think a lot of it had to do. I think his politics shifted after nine eleven. I think he like kind of just got very jaded against like Muslims uh, for no fucking reason, uh, mm. other than he just didn't. <laughs> didn't really, I guess, I don't know, think think before he fucking, like, spoke. I don't know. Why are we talking about Dennis yeah. Miller? <laughs> that's podcasting, man. That's that's the name of the game right there. If I'm Dennis sure. Miller doesn't get brought up an episode, I'm worried. We went so on as far a tangent as... I'm trying to think of a Dennis Miller joke. Hang on. <laughs> just just think of a reference nobody fucking gets. Uh, uh, we, went, we went so far on a tangent that... See, that, that kind of... I'm gone. I'm gone. That kind of shows uh, how... That shows how hard it is. That shows how stupid his fucking references are. You can't even think of one It's so fucking obscure. It's like, I can't even think of something that nobody fucking understands. Like... Uh, I don't know. Fuck Dennis Miller. He's a prick. <laughs> I, I haven't been on such a tangent as the last time I went to go see Eraserhead at the IPEC. I don't know. That see, some, that would work, maybe, you know? Because the thing with Dennis Miller is, like, you can't go too obscure either. Like, it's always, like, not obscure enough. Yeah. He, he like, he, he, it doesn't make any fucking sense, like, half the time. I don't know how he even became famous. My dad loves him, though. <laughs> 
Like, I don't know about now. I don't want to say, like, he's a fan of him now. I know when I was younger, when he was on Saturday Night Live, he was a huge fan of him. He liked to stand up. Uh, he's, he, was, he was on the top 100 um, best comedians of all time for Comedy Central. Mm. Which is an interesting list. It's on YouTube. It's a, like, four-part series. Like, Greg Giraldo and some other people were at a round table discussing it. And How old was it? Came out like 2004. I would have been Louis, this Louis C.K. guy. Yeah, Louis makes the list actually, but it's like you know, oh, 2004 man. Louis before like even. I don't even think he had any HBO specials at that point. They'd be like, Bill Cosby has such a wonderful legacy. Yeah, He's oh, Bill American Cosby's there. in the top five on that one. I'm pretty sure of it. Anyway, though, this movie fucking hard to follow. It's it's it. You can fucking skip this one. It, it's so bad. It's a. Uh, Honestly, you can skip the whole Thorn trilogy, I'm going to say. Is yeah, yeah, man. Honestly, yeah. Uh, just unless, you know, for me, I like uh, I like watching them because of just the nostalgia. I used to rent these all the time, and I didn't really enjoy them then, but I still would rent them. I don't know. It's it's nostalgia tied in with it. There's yeah. two cops in this movie, though, that are comedic relief. They're mm-hmm. just, like, accompanied by slide whistles and shit. It's like, this is a Halloween movie. This is... So they might as well be playing the Bulk and Skull music from Power Rangers. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> I wish they would have. That that like a lot of people when I mention that, I'm like, you know what like the, the Bulk and Skull music, they're like, I they it's really goofy. Yeah. It, it makes me laugh. Like, no. it's, yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> we know your secret, Ranger. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so fucking dumb. I remember when I was a kid, I thought it was funny. They do. They go way too heavy in this one with the the, the uh, jump scares, like prank, like people doing pranks, is a, and it is a jump scare. It's like God, this dumbass fucking guy is doing a prank again. It's like, do y'all, are you gonna? Is this gonna go anywhere? Like, well, in all these Halloween movies, people are just assholes that'll just jump up and grab somebody, right? Silently approach someone and get a grab. And it's, like it, they just overkill in this one. Um, there is one cool kill in it, though, is when he kills the girl with the sickle in the barn. Oh, yeah. That farming sickle or whatever it's called. I liked that. There's a cool kill in... Uh, the dumbest kill, I think, in all the Halloween movies, correct me if I'm wrong, if you disagree, was when he stabbed somebody with a shotgun in Halloween 4. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. I think I, I couldn't argue that be, not being the dumbest one. That's, that's pretty fair. <laughs> Didn't shoot them with the shotgun, no. Stabbed them with the shotgun, and it went through both them and the door behind them. Yeah. And uh, this isn't much of a spoiler for the new one, but people were saying it's kind of crazy. He kills a kid in it. He kills a kid at one point. He ki- which did kid. come as a kind of a surprise. But he cha- he attempts to kill one in this one by chasing him with a fucking ca- muscle car. Yeah, like he would have killed that kid if the kid didn't get away, and he would have ran him over with a car, which would have been more violent than he does it in this movie. Uh, there's a part of this movie that was clearly dubbed too. I recorded it. Uh, let me find it on my phone real quick. It's really bad ADR. It's like, I don't understand why they dubbed this, but yeah, here. We just had a distress call from the clinic. They haven't been able to reach him again. There were four men up there. That's so clearly dubbed. I can even hear the cut that they made. Yeah, it's like his mouse. It's a cop sitting in a car. And he's like, there's four kids at the clinic. And it's like, that's not his voice. There's a fucking way anybody in this movie talks this way. Um... But yeah, um, I have not much else to add other than the ending, which, I mean, if you know how this one ends. Yeah, it's um, just the... When he- it's the one with the mystery man. He, the, there's a mysterious, like, uh, uh, man in this one that he just kind of... Uh, just a man in black, kind of uh, wearing a trench coat, black top hat, walking around. Um, 
and it doesn't really explain it. And uh, in the end, they capture Michael finally, which is funny because there's a shot of Michael sitting in the jail cell with his mask on. They let him keep the mask on. They let him keep the mask on. It's not like the filmmaker. Well, that's the thing, too. It kind of goes back to me saying a filmmaker didn't make this. Somebody with an eye for filmmaking didn't make it because they could have done a shot where he's sitting in the jail cell. It would have been cool, like him unmasked in a jail cell. Just that shot where you can't see his face. You just see a silhouette or whatever. But anyway, just another thing that's just completely fucking stupid about this. Oh, that, that reminds me of the only misstep that I feel was in the original Halloween. Now, I don't know if I saw if there is a director's cut of Halloween, but there was that scene where Laurie manages to get the mask off. Yeah. I always thought that that was kind of weak. Yeah, I kind of wish they hadn't done that, but Cause like, I don't think they knew that this was going to be what it was either. If it what if it didn't become the franchise that it is, I think I've been okay, you know. Well, the, the fact that it was deformed under it too was like Yeah, I don't understand why that was necessary, but um yeah, it is it is odd. Cuz like it would arguably, you know, part of the creepy thing of the, about that opening scene was that the kid was just that stone, it was a regular kid with just a stone yeah, face and the exactly. knife. And it kind of adds to this whole uh mythos that Dr. Loomis is kind of created with this, you know, he's like this is emotionless fucking this evil person that doesn't speak. <clears throat> but this one, yeah, it ends. Uh, they capture Michael. He's in the jail cell. But uh, the man in black comes, and I guess he has some kind of supernatural power that lets him shoot laser beams out of his hands or some shit because he, like, blows open the side of the jail cell, and uh, Jamie... Is walking around crying, going, no, 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 you know, because Michael got out. Anyway, he's out. I'm pretty sure this is the same mysterious man in black that was in the Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man movies that we never learned who he was. That would make sense. If they tied that into this, that'd be oh, so man. fucking funny. Cinematic universes, baby. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. But that, that's the end of that one. Don't watch it. Yeah. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. That's what we did for you, you know. But here's where we get to Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. So which version did you see? I saw the uh, theatrical cut because I've heard the producer's cut's just way worse. It's... (sighs) The producer's cut... Which is insane to even think about. I would consider it better if not because they took the risks... Like, they did something with it. They did something really interesting with it. It's Not gross. to say it's a good yeah. idea. But for those listening, they have two versions of this movie. There's a theatrical version and the producer's cut, which is a... Just goes to show you uh, yeah. that the person that directed this did not give any fucks about this. Mm-hmm. Who's ever heard of a producer's cut? And even then, I, I heard it from the early, early stages, the... The script that was going around, it was originally going to be Halloween 666, The Origin of Michael Myers, was what it was That's a to cool be name. Uh, and very of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently the script was so good that the people at the studio and the executives reading it had trouble sleeping the night before. So it was just, there was so much buzz surrounding this Halloween 6 hmm. script. And so naturally they had to rewrite the whole thing. Oh it's like, that's, that's, that's Hollywood executives for you. That's so fucking dumb. And so supposedly, it might be out there still, I don't know if you can find it, but supposedly it's very good. Well, the producer's cut involves, I think you know where I'm going with this, mm-hmm. Michael raping uh, 
Jamie, right? Yeah, and she's supposed to be 15, but she looks 20. Yeah. He rapes her and gets her pregnant. Um, and then there, and then the baby is the new sacrifice. Yeah, and it's just... Uh, the one I watch, Paul Rudd's in it. He plays Tommy Doyle from the original. And he's just... Like, you said this... Uh, just say what you told me about like his yeah, performance. Paul, so this is Paul Rudd's first movie. Mm-hmm. And even Paul Rudd's like, no, it sucks. It's really bad. Yeah. And the way he played, like Paul Rudd is almost the perfect intersection of a leading leading man because he can do can do funny, can do drama, mm-hmm. and you can't do charm. He cannot do whatever this is. Though. He, I don't know what the director was telling him, but he sounded like he was doing a bad impression of Doctor Loomis. Yeah. The time. Yeah. It was a bad so, Doctor Loomis. Michael has escaped again. Yeah, it, I did not think about that, but it's, yeah, it's like he's doing a fucking Donald Pleasance impression, and it's real bad. And he was a creep for no like. Did they yeah, have you're to inter- make him a creep? Right, you're introduced to the uh, 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 protagonist. I guess you consider Tommy Doyle is the protagonist of this one. Him and uh, Kara. More so, that Jamie's Jamie's role was so diminished that she's almost like a prop the whole time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're introduced to the protagonist. Uh, for him, he, he he is videotaping his neighbor across the street at the Myers house. Uh, he lives across. He's in a boarding house or some shit school for like young boys or some shit over there. Like a, it's a boarding house. What was that called? Some some weird house for yeah. for boys. The Strodes live in the Myers house. The Strodes live in the Myers house, and these Strodes, uh, one of them is an abusive dad who has nothing good to say about anybody. Um. Mainly the uh, important person is Kara is her name. Um, she has her her son's name is I don't know. She has some real weird latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This one I will say yeah, it lost me at times. It, it has way too much fucking information in it. Yeah, there's just too much. Shit. That, that, okay, like you said, the Strodes live across the street from Tommy Doyle in the original in the Myers house. Whoa, that's wow. That's a movie right yeah. there. Um, because <laughs> presumably the dad can't sell it because it's the Myers house. Right, he can't sell it, so his family hates him now. Aside yeah. from the fact that he's an abusive asshole. Um, also, tear it down. Yeah, just burn this fucking place. Wasn't it a shithole anyway in the first yeah. one? Like, they're in there, it's like people throwing bricks and shit through the windows, and uh, it's like just nothing in there. And yeah. How many times do they have to go back to this fucking tear place? Tear it down and build a different house. Don't live in the Myers house. There's a scene in this movie, though, where it's the Kara girl, um, who Tommy is spying on, and is also one of the... It's Kara Strode. Mm-hmm. Uh, is just, you know, they're all, the whole her and her dad, and just the whole family sitting there eating breakfast. Her dad just slaps the shit out of her for disagreeing with her. Um, so, real likable guy. I feel like they had to compensate for the most Jason-esque kill in the whole franchise. With making the guy who gets killed just an irredeemable Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, good. Michael did something, you know, good. Finally. Uh, Tommy finds uh, that baby at a bus station or something like that in the bathroom. Um, yeah, this this one sucks. This, this is easily... Just, it's on par with the fifth one as being just as equally shitty. And then... The the mysterious man in black that was that was working this the whole time was it's just a, some doctor from yeah it's from Loomis's the, colleague I don't remember what his Loomis's name was. colleague that we've never met before somebody that it's like it's like yeah because they were like it was him it's like 
who is this guy? I yeah. mean, like, I saw him talking to Dr. Loomis at the beginning of the movie, but... Like, if he was helping this Loomis... Isn't a surprise to anybody? Who gives a shit? There's a, there's a very easy person that you would get to do this, and it would be the nurse from the first movie. Yeah. This, this is the way that you go. You have the nurse that was driving and helping out Dr. Loomis in the first and second movie mm-hmm. was the mysterious person in black the whole time. There's your twist. That would be cool. You know, it said they, they definitely underuse her for the next installment, which we'll get to in just a second. Yeah. Just a couple of things about this one. This is uh, in the continuation of Michael's mask looking shitty. Or the fifth one, peak level shitty yes. also. I don't even know what they were thinking with that. This one, a little better, but he has like a mullet. Yeah. Why does he have a fucking mullet? Why can't you just replicate the fucking original mask? I don't understand. It, it, it irritates me how fucking shitty... The, I, it, it, my whole life, uh, that's one thing that irritated me about these sequels is his mask just continuously just looks shittier and shittier. And at one point, they placed an order to the Don Post company I saw, and they got it... The white face, brown hair. Okay, white face, brown hair. Yeah. They sent back a giant palette full of Michael Myers masks with blonde hair, pink face. <laughs> And so they had to go in and paint them. I don't know if this was for four or five or even six. Probably all of them from the look of it. There's one shot where Michael Myers is in the movie that managed to make it in. Where Michael Myers is blonde and he has a pink face. On the huh. Mask, and you can see it very clearly. That was definitely one of the times I was on my phone. Because, mm-hmm. uh, boy was I. <laughs> like, this is a boring fucking movie. And I think it might have been before the part where uh, um, Dr. Loomis got Han Soloed. And uh, then I'm not I'm not alleging that J.J. Abrams saw the Thorn trilogy and ripped it off for the. Oh, Force he Awakens. probably did, no doubt. Just absolutely ripped it off for the Force Awakens because there's a scene where <laughs> that's what he did for sure. Like Doctor Loomis was talking to Michael and he's like, "You don't have to do this. You don't have to keep killing." And then Michael almost like gave him the knife, mm-hmm. and then Michael <laughs> slashed him across. Yeah, he and stole that from this how funny would that be <laughs> there's a chance man corner jj abrams at some part and he'd be like you saw halloween five didn't you didn't you <laughs> he saw it um oh the akad some money this is just dog shit this is like <laughs> why even explain this thorn trilogy shit honestly basically the whole point is like michael's controlled by a cult yeah and it doesn't even fucking go in depth, really, like it should. Uh, the producers cut um, Tommy Doyle, Paul Rudd, man, just to stop him with a bunch of a pile of rocks. Yeah, stops him in his that's the producers cut in the hospital instead of uh, with they've burnt him. They've done all this shit to him to kill him and all these other ones. Still pipe, and this one takes him down. That's it. Just a still pipe to the fucking dome. And Tommy Doyle beats the shit out of Michael. And it's Tommy that does it. Yeah. Or not even arguably the biggest pussy in the whole franchise. Uh, just a huge fucking coward. Because I'm like, Jamie should have been doing all of this. And Jamie, because let's see, Halloween. This was '95, so Terminator Two had come out. Yeah. at this point, and so had Aliens. So do Sarah Connor do like she's you know, or you know John Connor at least. You know, yeah, she's like able to. I, I kind of would have liked it if they could, wrote a better script with Jamie Lee Curtis involved, where she was kind of like what they did with this most recent one. Yeah. With her and Jamie being like Sarah Connor and John Connor. That would be cool. I mean, so if they're going to, you know, do this unoriginal, lazy bullshit, at least, you know, bite from a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all there is to say about the Thorn trilogy, I think, unless you have anything to add. 
Um, yes. So this is Halloween Six was so bad. It's that, awful. I might actually hate this one more than five. That they had to abandon this entire timeline and reset and go back. Oh yeah, this with the is next one. Yeah, after this one. Thorn trilogy didn't fucking happen. Yes, what? And even though in early versions of the script, supposedly they did manage to write in that they were canon. It's just um, Lori Lori's death, quote unquote, was a cover up for by witness protection. Oh my god! Which then doesn't they explain just fucking why even? What happened to her daughter? Like she didn't take her daughter with her. Why even continue this shit? Like, I really hope they don't make another one. Uh, yeah, I mean they're gonna. It's they're blunt. going to, it's blunt and I'll see it. I'll yeah. see it. And, and it probably- made as much money as it did, and it was good. It yeah. was good. It's the second best Halloween movie. I consider Easy. that this did what this next one does better than what yeah. Halloween twenty. Well, now we're on Halloween H two O. Halloween water. Halloween water. Pumpkin, Halloween pumpkin spice Lacroix. This one's budget seventeen million. Mm. And they definitely made that back too. Uh, this one, you know, fun. It's fun. It uh, picks up uh, where the second one left off, I guess. Uh, uh, set in Southern California, uh, Laurie is like she works at a prep school now. She's like the what? What the headmistress or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. you'd call it? Uh, she's fucking Alan Arkin. Is that the guy's name? I think yeah. The and pe- she's. Changed her name to Carrie Russell. Yeah, she's changed her name. Josh Hartnett's her son. Uh, honestly, this uh, it's set 20 years after the original in 1998. It disregards the Thorn trilogy. Uh, the opening scene with Mr. Sandman playing kind of implies it's already going to be better. I don't. It just mm-hmm. it shot better. Uh, Haddonfield, you get a little shot of what uh, Haddonfield looks like with Haddonfield Halloween. Uh, and it just looks cool. It looks like, you know... It looks like the first one, except in 1998. Like, I think they did good on that. And I, I will just say, say what we will about the third one, but at least they were innovating. With this one, it is very clear that Scream had come out. Yeah, this is a... this is a. Uh, my friend Mike Parsons said this about it. It's kind of just... It's just a 90s slasher with Michael Myers in it, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. Uh, it's better than the Thorn trilogy still. As far as, like, how, uh, Halloween, like a Halloween movie... Uh, kind of unnecessary uh but it's fine you know it's shot fine for a 90s movie it feels it's very of the time i mean if you're gonna watch a 90s slasher movie or a horror movie like that i would say watch the faculty or scream or something mm-hmm. like that or, but this is definitely i would consider this good enough to it's go, fun after you've watched the faculty and scream watch this yeah get, this would be the last uh after watch because you know faculty's its own thing screams uh kind of just a uh, parody of slasher movies in a way, um, but it's fun. It's it's fun. It's got the kid from Jumanji in it, you know, like the, yeah. the young Robin Williams. He's somehow fucking a girl way out of his league in it, uh, which fine. Yeah. yeah, listen, gotta give us hope. Hey, it's fiction, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Uh, and I love, <laughs> I like this one especially because of the ending, mm-hmm. because of that last. Part is okay, so you can't end it with Halloween 2, which was the original perfect ending. Yes, so now we have the second best perfect ending where Laurie, after 20 years of alcoholism and trauma and post traumatic, also, yeah, she's an alcoholic now. It's very much established she's an alcoholic, and you know, pill popping and trauma just gets to take it all out on Michael. Like, 
with the kitchen knife and the and the she knocks the shit out of Michael Myers this whole time. She really does. Um, it's very the last thirty minutes of the movie are the best part. Oh yeah, and that's um, when it, the scream influence is very clear because mm-hmm. you you know you have Michael Myers is dead mm-hmm. and he's being shipped away and taken away. Yes, and Laura's like, no, I'm going to finish the job. Absolutely, and I thought that was cool. Um, but I will say this: the last thirty minutes are what you're watching the movie for. Um, first. Most of the movie, the first hour of it, if you're interested in Laurie's alcoholism and her strained relationship with her son... And you just want some vintage heart in it? Yeah, that's your movie. Um, It's fine. Uh, I don't hate this movie. Overall, not that great. Definitely not the worst of the sequels. Um, Probably, I'd put it in the... If we have tiers, I would put it as like the highest of the second tier. Absolutely, that's fair. Uh, Yeah, this one ends. Laurie... Doesn't take him being shipped off. Oh yeah, funny too. They it, uh, another thing that kind of goes back to five. They're zipping Michael up in the corners thing with his mask still on. Yeah, they kept it on. Take this motherfucker. Do you not want to see what this guy looks like? Yeah. Also, you wouldn't do that. Um, it's just silly that they. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, I guess. But um, when I saw this film originally, and she just chopped his head off, I was like, yeah. Yeah, and also that too. Um, at the end, uh, they roll the van down the hill. Michael gets pinned to a tree. Laurie cuts his head off with the axe, and it cuts the original Halloween music. No, no bullshit, fucking overdone real, version real of it. It's the yeah, actual real, fucking real. one. And I was like, that's cool. Seeing that again, I was like, that's a cool fucking ending. Uh, if they would have left that one and didn't make this next one, yeah, that's a cool fucking ending. Uh, but you, but unfortunately when they made this one, they had signed on to do other ones already. So they had to just rush to a fucking reason to keep him alive. I thought alien three was a betrayal. Yeah. But no, I was wrong. This, this is way worse. Yes. Uh, Halloween resurrection, uh, which this is my pick for worst one, you know, from a filmmaking standpoint and entertainment value, it's entertaining because of how stupid and fucking absurd it is, but also it's kind of infuriating because I, I like the Halloween movies so much that I think that's a fair thing to say it's the shittiest one. I mean, Tyra Banks is in it, and she's yeah. smizing. Yeah, Buster Rhymes is the lead in this also. He calls Michael Myers Mikey in one yeah. scene. And also like, it's, uh, you know, I skimmed this one. I think you did too. You just did the kill count. Yeah, I just watched the video of the kill count. Here's this one. Okay, They're, they want to film a reality show in the Myers house. Uh, and these dumb, horny teenagers. Well, f- first, separate movie... <laughs> Arguably. Oh, at the beginning? At the beginning, you see... Like, oh, it's rushed yeah. to why Michael's still alive. Yeah. Definitely. So, That's the only part I did watch. Yeah, it's it's hard to watch. Because apparently Lori cut the wrong person's head off. And, yeah. And, yeah. It was an ambulance driver that she cut his head off. Because yeah, Michael, Michael switched clothes with him. Switched clothes and crushed his larynx so he couldn't scream at yeah, him. Yeah, because you're thinking... Because at the end, you're like, why isn't this guy like, hey, it's yeah. not... Who you think it is? Take my mask off or something. No, he crushes larynx. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Okay. Also, his arm was free, and so he could have taken the mask off. Anything. It's very stupid. They they, like the fact that this shit got rushed so much and also made to begin with is just fucking asinine. They also uh, uh, 
advertise it like Laurie is a big part of it. And she's mm. not. She's in it for like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, she's not in this fucking movie that much. And so Michael's free again because Laurie killed the wrong person. And because Laurie killed the wrong person, she's in a mental institution. Which I think, honestly, in a court of law, you get like a jury that has half a fucking brain. She wouldn't have done any fucking time for that or went crazy from it. Yeah. It's very overblown. It was also very clear that she was not crazy. Right. Because she had like a doll in the room that, that she, she put her the, pills, put pills in. in. Yeah. That's and, about as far as I got, honestly. Uh, and then Michael shows up and Lori tries to kill him again because Michael's at the mental institution to finish the job on Lori. And they, she gets him to the roof and she manages to trap him and hang him up by his leg. And but then she realizes, oh, there's this might not be Michael. I want to make sure, and so of course, and so she pulls. She, she goes to pull. Don't want to make off. that no no again. <laughs> yeah, she goes to pull the mask off, and then Michael kills her. He he grabs. Uh, he was about to fall off, and she he grabbed her and threw her off the roof. But before he did, she said like, "See you in hell, Michael." And then because <laughs> apparently she read the script. Again, well, yeah. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis read the script for a second time and thought, "Not this one. <laughs> Not again. No, I'm done." Well, I'll do this it if you one, kill me. This fucking movie is bad. Uh, it was a web reality, sh- and then we cut. To Michael Myers goes very back to my dated. House. It's very dated. It's a. Uh, there's one point. Show you how dated it is. They say we're gonna be bigger than the Osbournes. <laughs> Uh, which is a not true. The Osbournes was a great show. <laughs> like I love that show. I'll watch it now. Because uh, yeah, Michael goes back to the Myers house because I guess he doesn't know anywhere else to go. Right. And he's hiding out there, and they're filming a web reality show <laughs> about p- people trying to figure out why Michael went crazy, as if the house is what made him go crazy. Yeah, you know that's probably what it was. It's that, that's the mystery is like the alluring part of it is like nobody knows why he's just evil yeah because i mean i guess i might be talking about the rob zombie movies a little bit early already but no let's get to those yeah, honestly like this, this movie fucking sucks <laughs> I, I like that michael had a seemingly normal family night a normal family life with a normal sister mm-hmm. and i guess a younger sister but maybe not now anymore yeah. but it was a completely normal. it was a one you know nice child in a normal family with a normal environment and just one day it all went away yeah, and, and for like just because he was born with something in his fucking brain that made him evil, just that's something cr- snapped. Nobody knows. Point. It's a mystery. The mystery is what the alluring part of it is, and uh, I agree with you on that. And that's that's what's compelling is that we don't know why he does this, right? And the newest one kind of tapped into that is we never know why does he do these things, right? And yeah, uh, we'll definitely get to that. Yeah, one. that's 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 the treat at the end. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but Halloween Resurrection sucks. You could definitely fucking skip it. Definitely skip uh, it. Now we're getting into some what I think are the more interesting sequels or I guess remakes. Yeah, is a uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. And originally I wasn't going to talk about these until I started watching the first one again. And I was like, why the fuck? This is what we need to talk about. Yeah. This is Halloween fan fiction is what this is. And I think it's interesting if you Hall- look at Rob it. Rob like Zombie's that. Halloween fan fiction. Yes, That's what that it is. Entirely. It's like Rob Zombie's Halloween fan fiction. It's fan fi- Halloween fan fiction written by a redneck. He, and, he uh, put the things that he likes into it. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, we don't need the John Carpenter score. Let's just put Kiss and Alice Cooper music in it, which I'm fine with. It, it makes it interesting. Because it, it, his mom's a stripper, uh, you know, stripping to 
Love Hurts by Nazareth at one point. I'm like, this is kind of interesting. Stri- stripper and also the director's wife. Yeah. Uh, not uh, Everybody look how hot my wife yeah. is. Also, here's a surprise. Cherry Moon Zombie, not a good actress at all. Uh, I know that's probably going to ruffle some feathers, but she's not good at it. And frankly, in this <laughs> movie, nobody's good. No. Um, uh, I no. would say, well, I'd say Malcolm McDowell's decent. He does what he can. He, you can't yeah. really top Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis, but I think Malcolm McDowell did what he could. And Dr. Loomis in this version is all over the place, but I guess... He's very not uh, likable at all. Because... And again, depending on the cut that you see, he cares a little bit about Michael, but then once he's no longer his doctor anymore, he just cashes in. Yeah, he's just kind of like, well, it's also, from what I got from it, um, just gives up because he won't talk to him anymore, really. Yeah. I thought the, if you look at it from, this is just not canon, it's absolute fan fiction. It's interesting. Like, I think it's an interesting, like, uh, way to approach it. No, we, it. We now know what school shooter Michael Myers would look like. Yeah, his family. Yeah, he's like, grew up as, you know, like, uh, in an abusive family. Uh, just trailer trash. Uh, it's a little overblown and over, a little bit too vulgar for, like, which I don't, not offended by anything, but it's just... So vulgar, it's just like you're just it's yeah. like when you first learn cuss words. It's like, who wrote this? A fucking 13 year old, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always perceived Halloween to be the classy slasher franchise. Absolutely, I don't know about you, but like, yeah, the first one, I see no, that. First one, there's no blood, the second one, there's you know, it's also a mystery why it's rated R, even you know, it's yeah. very uh, well, there's I guess nudity, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, even and even the nudity in the especially in the first one's barely there, mild, very mild, um, um and. Now I guess it's it's a Rob Zombie movie, so they all have to be rednecks and they have to curse at each other all the time. And yeah, in Illinois, like too, like uh, Illinois I, rednecks. Yeah, kind of odd. Uh, and everybody's either an asshole or incompetent. Yeah, and it's just like every other breast like, no, fuck you, man. Who, what, you gonna talk to this cunt like this? Like, fuck this fucking retard. It's like, you, just you, calm down. Yeah, and nobody that, talks like this. <laughs> I mean, people do, but. Everybody in the Rob Zombie universe talks like that. Yeah. Which... <clears throat> Everybody also looks like Rob Zombie. Right. Which also which works in House of a Thousand Corpses, which I enjoy that movie. I like that. I like that, and I like The Devil's Rejects, which... You said you never saw The Devil's Rejects. Yeah, these two turned me off to Rob Zombie as a filmmaker. See, watch House of a Thousand Corpses in The Devil's Rejects. He was on to something with those. He's making a sequel to The Devil's Rejects, which I don't want to... Is it cool if I spoil The Devil's Rejects for you? Uh, yeah, yeah. It has a really cool ending. They go out in a hell of gunfire from the sheriff's department. They're in a roadblock, and it's like free birds playing, and it's it's really cool. It's like, you know, so they're dead. They're making a sequel where they... Aren't dead? Yeah, and it's like takes place in prison, apparently. I don't know. It's very odd. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think... I didn't watch the second Rob Zombie Halloween either. The What I know of it, he's unmasked for most of it. Yeah, it's it's Rob Zombie has seen horror movies and he likes horror movies and he likes elements of horror movies and he wants he's directed music videos and so he wants to direct a feature length horror movie and he's a big fan of them and so he will that's take, why you just said a mouthful there yeah. that's like exactly what it is too, he will though. take elements from horror movies that he's seen and likes and put them in his movies and not know why they were in the original to begin with yeah he doesn't understand that it's like a you know, plot devices and like there, there's reasons for that shit. 
Because in the in the first his first Halloween movie, he did this whole elaborate backstory of Michael Myers giving away like you know school shooter Michael Myers basically He's yeah a troubled kid who tortured animals and was treated horribly by his entire family. He's humanized in that one too. In the beginning, it's kind of weird. It's like no, I don't know. Like like I said, you you really do have to look at it as a fan fiction. Yeah, standpoint and, to even enjoy and it. And to a the little. point where the end of the movie, I think pretty much the last, I don't know if it's even half of the movie, is just Halloween, the first one. It's yeah. a worse Bush era version of Halloween. It's very odd, yeah. And, you know, I, people complain about what they did to Michael. I'm complaining about what they did to Lori. Because in the first Halloween film, Lori was kind of an uptight, nerdy mm-hmm. girl who was nice overall, and but kind of put upon by everything. And in this one, she, she's just foul and unpleasant to be around. Yeah, she's like, isn't she kind of like a stripper almost, kind of, or something like that? Or she just like went off the deep end completely? And I didn't watch it. In, in Halloween 1, she was just like uh, uh, just some asshole kid right, right. that you didn't like. And then the trauma of dealing with Michael Myers in the se- by the second one turned her into just... Okay, so you have trauma, and the whole movie is like you're traumatized. But mm. she's shutting everybody out of her life and her family, and being just horribly cruel to everybody. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, so she's going to have a character arc where she learns to deal with her trauma and move past it and grow as a person. But no, by the end of the movie, no, she doesn't. She just she, she just goes off the deep end. It, it kind of goes back to you saying, like you know, Rob Zombie. Takes elements of horror movies he likes, but doesn't know why he puts them there. That kind of just explains what happens when you do that. Yeah, um, it doesn't. She doesn't grow as a character, really. Nobody grows as a character. It's just yeah, it's a bunch of fucking idiots yelling at each other, really, like yelling cuss words at each other. Like, um, even Loomis, who was a pretty compelling character, pretty much in the in the original, maybe less than the Thorn trilogy. They do something with Loomis where he's now seeking to cash in on being. Oh yeah, he's Michael a Myers huge douchebag. Like, I, I skimmed like plot points of it and watched. You know, like at my, when Michael speaks, he says "die." Yeah, and he That's, kills Loomis. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just these didn't age well either. I remember when they came. I remember when the first one came out in two thousand seven. I saw it in theaters, and I was like. I like that. You know, as a fan of Halloween, I was like, I'm satisfied with that as a remake. That's fun. Cause I, but I guess I was just kind of off the hive while I was younger. And I liked Rob Zombie's previous two movies. Uh, but as a 30-year-old man, uh, I'll watch them again. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely get to Halloween 2 eventually. Yeah, they but notice- I'll watch it. They noticeably recast young Michael Myers in the second one. Yeah. And they have this white horse thing. That's a a symbol mm-hmm. that follows Michael and then Laurie around. It's and they don't ex- really go into any detail as to what it means. That's weird. And Michael's dead mother, as a ghost, is tormenting him, and she's white with black eyes, and the horse is white with black eyes. So you don't know if that's like does that tie in with the mask? Maybe I don't. Yeah, that sounds awful. It's entire. It's it's like again, he watched a David Lynch movie and understands that sometimes directors have symbols in their movie. And but have, doesn't know what they're fucking yeah, for. Have non-corporeal characters and does not know why they would do that. He's an anomaly as far as being a filmmaker because he has made stuff that's good. Like, but essentially, House of a Thousand Corpses is he watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and wanted to make it. Basically. I, I want a redneck family too. Yeah, that's what it was. But it's I mean, he does kind of make his own characters and it's 
funny and interesting. Like the dialogue and it's funny. It's just like what back like there's a part that's really funny to me. It's Captain Spaulding, you know, played by Sid Haig. Um he has this little uh side of the road middle of nowhere like chicken shop with a serial killer museum in it that he runs and uh him and this like other backwoods guy are in the store talking. He's like they're talking about some retarded kid in the town. He's like, yeah, you know, he got caught shoving a Planet of the Apes figure up his ass. And it's just like, this probably a conversation that's really had between people like that. But, uh, yeah. The one the redeeming factor of the Rob Zombie movies is the amount of time that he gives to Laurie Strode's parents. Yeah. Because Laurie Strode's parents are very likable people. Yeah. I think in the original, like, in the director's cut of the original, or not the original, the remake, Halloween, mm-hmm. he, uh... He gives a lot of time to you get to know and like Lori's parents completely more than Lori Strode. Yeah, she's not likable in the the one I saw. But like you like her parents, and I felt bad when her, Michael came in and kills her parents, which he did not do in Halloween, by the way. Yeah, that was not even Lori's. You house. don't even see her parents really yeah. in that one. Like you see her dad for like a millisecond, like I think even I've seen her, that movie a million. Yeah, yeah. He tells her to go drop the key off. That's it. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's it. About, that's how I see for Lori's parents and Lori's house. Yes. And now, you know, you spend a lot of time and Michael kills, kills Laurie's parents, I guess, because, again, in this one, you know, for the beginning that Laurie's adopted, and yet everything's laid out for you. There's no twists. And it's just... Yeah, I mean... You know straight away that, you know, Michael killed his entire family, except for his mom, and he left the sister there. Well, I'll say this. Uh, they're interesting. You know, I say they. I've only seen the Halloween 2007. Yeah. I'm intrigued by seeing the second one. I'll probably watch it tonight, honestly. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm Also, I just remembered about the Halloween remake. I'm not a, a woman, and I can't say that I would identify with women. But if I was having sex with somebody, I would not want them to put on the Michael Myers mask. No. I would not find that attractive. That's some dumb Rob Zombie shit, too. Like, uh, we gotta get the mask in there. Gotta get, get, gotta do something fucking weird with it involving sex with a stripper or something. Um, and the funniest scene, the most unintentionally funny scene in that entire film, is when young Michael Myers puts the mask on, the Michael Myers mask. And it's just like a four foot tall Michael Myers in a clown outfit with the mask yeah, on. Yeah. And then that's when the music starts playing. It's pretty fucking poorly timed. It's, it is hilarious. Unintentionally hilarious. Just watch that clip on YouTube, and that's all you really need to know about the remix. Um, but yeah, overall, like, entertaining at least. More entertaining than the Thorn trilogy, as far as I will sitting go to that. through something. Sitting through something and watching it, you know, um... That I can do with these. I, I mean, I imagine the second one I could sit through easier than the fifth or sixth one for sure. Um, now let's get to my favorite of the sequels. Halloween 2018. Directed by David Gordon Green. Written by David Gordon Green, Danny McBride. And uh, somebody else. I don't want to... Jeff Fradley, and I believe they all went to film school together. Mm-hmm. Is where they met. Um I when I found out David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were writing this and that David Gordon Green was directing, I knew it was going to be good because they do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. I love everything they do together. I knew it was going to be good when they got Jamie Lee Curtis back. Yeah, for sure. And I like kind of how they do it too. Um, you know, vice principals, eastbound and down. 
the foot fist way, you fucking name it. Jody Hill, the, uh, uh, he didn't have anything to do with this one, but Jody Hill, David Gordon Green, or Danny McBride's name is on something. I'm on board for it. Um, and as far as writing goes, uh, mm. but, uh, yeah, I love this. I thought this was solid. I thought it was a, it did what I set out to do. It's very dark. It's, uh, pretty violent. Like, it's very violent without being too violent or going overboard. Uh, very realistic violent, I guess you would say. Yeah. I love the, um, the opening scene where you have true crime podcast. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's a funny thing too. Is uh, he's Michael's. They're trying to get an interview with Michael Myers at uh, um, um, um. God damn it, Grove, Smith's Grove. Smith's Grove. Yeah. Smith's Grove. Uh, they go back there. Michael's still there after this fucking long. Uh, what is it? Forty years now. Yeah, and they apprehended him on Halloween night. The, the, the second one didn't happen. I guess Laurie didn't go to the hospital. Yeah, this is absolutely. They got him on Halloween night. This is the sequel. This is a direct sequel to the first one, which I think was wise. That's, that's what. That's the move. This is what John. Car- that's why John Carpenter was on board for it as an executive producer. Um, he did the soundtrack for this one again. Mm-hmm. He he kind of did a little updated version of it. Starts out there. They're uh, yeah. The true crime podcasters are there. They have a Zoom mic like I have here mm-hmm. that I'm recording this with. That's the first thing I noticed. I, uh, I, I, that's uh, I don't know why I got such a kick out of that. That's mostly what people use. But um, yeah, it, the opening credit sequence, which we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's the one of the best of the franchise for sure. I like. I thought it was brilliant how it, they reverse time lapsed a pumpkin rotting. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. The comparison I heard about that that I I said I was going to mention earlier though I mentioned when we talked about this I heard it uh, James Rolfe I wanted to hear what his opinion of it was he uh, it was either him or one of his buddies who was doing the review of it, it was, they just left the theater like they actually filmed their review in the parking lot of the theater I think <laughs> but um they were saying it's like kind of like. All these sequels have been shit, and we're kind of bringing it back. Yeah, is what like, the kind of pumpkin was. You, you thought it was dead, but it's it's slowly being brought back to life. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was cool. Uh, I think that was. I like that one more than the original credit sequence, mm. and uh, I kind of liked. It. I noticed that you know with our digital pristine titling, you can have it perfect, but they managed to have some sort of effect on the titles to where it looks like they were optically printed. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Kind of like, like what they did with Stranger Things. Yeah, it looked really cool. Uh, I, I just think the whole look and feel of it was great. I do like how this one is kind of like Laurie is a survivalist kind of uh, Sarah Connor type. Yeah, doomsday prepper almost. Uh, she's got like a, her house all rigged up for Michael to come back. Uh, she um, is just very. Uh, that's all she thinks about. You can tell that's all she's thought about is like him For coming 40 back. Forty years. Yeah, she wait. I guess has waited every Halloween, but uh, I do like uh, that. It's more like you get a feel that Michael's being hunted in this one instead of, especially in the end. Yeah, the end of it is like there. He feels defenseless mm-hmm. almost. You can you can sense Michael Myers for once feels like he's like where the fuck are they? Like I'm David fucking Gordon, up. Yeah, David Gordon Green built. This, the set he had Lori's house that she has it was an exact floor plan replica of the house that she was hiding out in Halloween. Oh, um, that's what I think I saw something David Gordon Green said about it. And so, if you look closely, you'll be able to see the rooms match up exactly. And the, that's interesting. The the front balcony and 
the the room that they were in with the the exact same kind of closet that Laurie hid out in. That's that, cool. That when Michael comes back, she would be able to try to trick him in the same locations. Well, man, I I love this movie. Yeah, I, I, I want to go see it again. Honestly, this There's is. All kind of, I, I saw the original Halloween, and then I went to go see this one. And there are so many little Easter eggs and hints. Oh yeah, there's like there's that. There's also like there's a lot of homages in this, which people have been complaining about. I want to know what you want from a sequel. Yeah. Like, what do you want from a sequel forty years later? Like, do you want that? Like, this did everything I think you can do. Like, if you don't like this, go write a fucking script and pitch it. Like, mm-hmm. but the way I see it, I think they did a fucking fantastic job. I, I mean, I knew they would. Honestly, exceeded my expectations. I had high hopes for it out the gate when I saw the trailer. I knew it was going to be good, but when I actually saw it, I was just very giddy. Like, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I like you know when um, the granddaughter's in class at school. It's the same classroom. There's that. It's the same lecture that she's getting, and then she looks outside and sees Laurie Strode. Laurie, and Laurie's kind of like Michael in this one. She does. She takes the place of Michael in a lot of spots because, like, when she goes out the window, it's like in the first one. Um, oh, that she was, disappears. That was the best part of the whole movie. Is when um, we're cutting f- spoiler spoilers. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler um, alert for. 11 movies I'll um, put one up yeah. it's, she uh, at the very end also fuck you if you were a real fan you would have saw it already yeah yeah um, fuck your schedule <laughs> fuck your schedule that won't fucking let you see it she she was it was they were lured Michael into the house mm-hmm. and um, Lori big managed, bad idea yeah. for him she she got the drop on him and but Michael threw her off the balcony mm-hmm. like Lori did in the first one and then Michael hears the granddaughter sneaks into the house, and so he goes to deal with it. Yeah. And he looks back at Lori, and Lori's gone, and it plays the da da da. Yeah, it does that, and I about killed this fucking guy in the theater, man. I hated. Also, I don't know what it is. I'm hearing a lot of people being annoying in the theater about this. Like, yeah. it was like that when I saw it. I don't know if I, when you saw it, were there people just nonstop fucking talking? That's and, every horror movie. But it was just like, goddamn, it was very excessive with this one. Um,. But, like, this one dude, very flamboyantly gay dude in a fucking, uh, 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 what do you call them stupid fucking things? It's like a jumpsuit, a, uh, uh, onesie kind of thing. He was already fucking chatty the whole time. Uh, and when that happened, he was like, yes! And I was like, nobody cares that you're excited about that. <laughs> uh, I was excited about it, and I didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, just if you're going to see this movie, nobody cares that you're excited about yeah, it. Go see it on like a Tuesday afternoon um, by yourself. Yes, seriously. Uh, I mean, you should, in an empty theater. Hopefully. If you're like that, you should get used to being alone. Anyway, it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> like you probably spend the rest of your life alone. Yeah, I kind of like that they they made Laurie Strode into this you know survivalist Sarah Connor type. And then you kind of get a taste of what John Connor would have been like if he grew up and it was forty years and nothing happened with the Terminators. Yeah. Because the I don't know this actress name, but I feel bad for her because she only plays generic moms. Uh, not Judy Greer. Are you talking about Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter? Daughter, yes. Yeah, Judy Greer from Judy Arrested Greer. Development. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she was great in Arrested Development, hilarious in Arrested Development, but she's typecast as playing generic moms. Yeah, she was really annoying in this. I thought she was very unlikable. Um, I like the granddaughter. Uh, 
Andy Matichek, I guess is right. She was in Brigsby Bear. She was really good in that. That's the only thing I remember her from. But I like her. Yeah, I kind um, of I cared about the little high school drama between. I did too. Like actually, I did too. Like I, it wasn't. It didn't seem unnecessary. It was like a nice little. Uh, it humanized. I mean, like you know, made you uh, sympathize with them a little bit, and you know, like they they seem like real people. It reminded me of being young. Uh, like you know, like you know, it's nice to uh, have likable teenage character even that little the asshole that like blows the pumpkins up and stuff i liked mm-hmm. him and <clears throat> i like the dude that tried to uh like make out with her and she wasn't feeling it, it that sounds bad but it's not as bad as it sounds it's like yeah she he pretty it, much is it's, it's like yeah he's just like oh I, I thought you know i read that wrong or whatever uh but yeah he, whatever you know like gets horribly killed by my i'm probably not gonna be able to dig myself out of what i just said who cares uh i liked him he was funny Plus, he, you know, he get, teenagers, he, and I don't. Depending on how you look at it, he gets, you know, what he deserves, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, man, this was great. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, so I, far, I, yeah, it's very I wouldn't good. say top five necessarily because there's been so much good shit, but it's definitely in the top ten. Um, just because it's it, it, it's just shot really well. Like, it, like the tracking shot of Michael that's in the tra- it's in the trailer, but mm-hmm. you get to see it a little more in the movie. It's awesome. I also noticed that in that tracking shot, I guess in these Halloween movies, whenever characters are watching TV on Halloween, it's just an excuse for the director to put in clips of his favorite stuff. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Uh, uh, Repo Man. They were watching Repo Man at one point, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, in the original, they were watching Day the Earth Stood Still and mm-hmm. the thing, which even in the seventies, I doubt you would see. I thought that was a, that's funny. You mentioned that though, is um, uh, it is little things that they do. Is like you know, like you can tell David Gordon Green, you know, like Repo Man and stuff like that, and like they're they're watching that on TV. And uh, I like the little kid, the little uh, black kid she's babysitting. Oh yeah, he was hilarious. He's like clipping his toenails, talking sh- all kinds of shit. Not like an annoying comic relief, just kind of like I see this kid being a real person. Yeah, and he he got out. He, yeah, he, he he managed. He, he was funny. Killed. It was just funny. Like he was like a. Uh, Saying Michael Myers is in his room, and uh, she went. She was like, "Let me go." He's like, "No, send him up there first. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. She's like, "Fuck him. I don't know him. Let him get killed first." Yeah, and, and uh, you. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier. I don't know if it was in the podcast, but you you said Michael Myers kills a kid, and people were upset about that. Yeah, I, I think like, that yeah, was it weird. did kind of feel. It felt weird, even though it was Michael Myers. Is like, oh, he is more evil than he used to be. I. I'm early, not a, early in the movie, he had the chance to kill a baby, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He ignored the baby. So, like, why did he ignore the baby but kill this kid? He really didn't have to. Um, but I, I'm not against it. It didn't take me out of it. It was just kind of like a moment like, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. he really just fucking did that. Like, snaps a kid's neck. But um, like I said, you know, it didn't take me out of it. I mean, also, it's like kind of just shows how fucking awful this guy is. It does truly seem arbitrary who Michael decides to kill and who Michael doesn't kill. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, but yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, so yeah, that's that. That is the best sequel that they of all of them. Uh, yeah, it's a landslide for me. Uh, no nostalgia or anything tied to it at all. Like it's just something that just came out. I like so much that I can say in all honesty, after one watch, it's the best sequel. Um, Halloween is a series. I don't know what it is about it uh, that keeps sucking me back in, but 
I like it for some reason. <laughs> Much like Michael Myers himself, every time you think you're you're out or it's over, you, yeah, okay, I'll come back. I'll do yeah, one exactly. More. It's just like and Pacino in Godfather Three, you know. But uh, yeah, it was fun, man. I had a good time doing this. I had a good time watching them. This has been the episode I've looked forward to the most. Uh, I, I'm going to do the Nightmare on Elm Street series next, oh, okay. which is going to be a little more exhausting. I feel like. I feel like they're probably more duds in the Nightmare on Elm Street. They're at least kind of like the dream sequences or at least can keep you entertained. So uh, we'll see how that goes. It's been a while since I've watched all of them. Um, I'm still probably going to think Dream Warriors is the best one. But yeah, man, thanks for doing this. All right, well, thank you for having me. So yeah, much. absolutely. We'll have to do this again. Not We'll have to do the same thing again, see how we feel about it. But yeah, this has been uh, Coffin for One Spooky Boy. Uh, <laughs> very scary. Uh, we will be back. I don't even know. this. There's no schedule for these. We're just putting these out whenever I'm done watching them and recording them. So just stay tuned. <laughs>